Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right. Well, hello there, everybody. We are getting ready for another UFC event. They're back tomorrow night, the go-home fight night event for UFC 271. It's UFC Vegas 47, which will be capped off by a very interesting main event in the UFC's middleweight division. In fact, that fight will set the table for a few very pivotal 185-pound matchups in the Ultimate Fighting Championship as we welcome you in to the live UFC Vegas 47 preview show here on MMAfighting.com. I am Mike Heck. We have quite the cast of characters this week, which includes yesterday's winner on BTL, Mr. Jose Young. Hello, sir. How are you? I want my crown in my above my name right here. Casey had a crown at some point. Maybe the, uh, well, I mean, the crown prince of positivity is also here. If we're talking about royalty, Mr. Alexander Kaylee. How are you, AK? The man who will never show up on Between the Links again because the show is corrupt. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, I'm feeling very positive, very positive about uh, UFC Vegas 47. So can't wait to actually get down to business and stop talking about this uh, fake ass show. Wow. <laughs> Can we just eliminate him from this panel? This is unbelievable. This is the, the prince of just awfulness right now. And let us also introduce who might have a problem with what Jose, Jose just said. The newest full time member of the MMA fighting squad, Mr. Jed Mishu. Welcome to the show into the lovely rotation of preview show slash post-fight shows, my friend. I have a way bigger issue with what AK just said because I'm not looking forward to talking about this card. This card's terrible. (laughs) All right, well, look, this is uh, just kind of building upon what Jed just said. This is not the best card of all time. And sometimes... As we've seen in the past, these kinds of cards on paper end up being the most action-packed cards we see. The main event is really interesting, but AK, we are going to unleash your Prince of Positivity right now, all right? Respect to all the athletes putting it all on the line here, AK, but can you give us some positivity? Can you give us some sort of relatively high gymnastic scale, perhaps, for this card? 
Yeah, I don't think that's hard at all. Like, and, and this is like best case scenario. This is like when, when I give this score, this is like if we get like uh, six first round finishes, uh, if everyone who's like we get a, we get an upset, like one of the bet, like a major upset. Uh, if we get some of the guys who are hyped up delivering like this is if everything goes exactly as they could possibly want it to. I mean, you're talking about like an eight. I'll, I'll go as high as eight. Um, maybe maybe I'm being too generous and too positive, but I really like the main event. I think the main event is great. So uh, if people are just tuning in for that. I think it's worth it. And I think you do have a lot of like really like really good like I think Rachman uh Rachmanov, people have wanted to see him for a long time. I've been hearing a lot of good things about uh Jailton Almeida. Um I think the Treshawn Gore Brian Battle matchup. I know it's again, people don't really care about the ultimate fighter finale, but it is kind of cool that they get to resolve uh, you know, what should have been the finale of the last season. So I, I do think if everything goes like perfectly well, um, and again, this may be lowered expectations. But I, I do think this card is is actually not bad. Am I saying like all 13 fights are going to be guaranteed bangers? I mean, probably not. But if you get like eight or nine entertaining fights in a card like this, I think that's good. I, I think that's something to look forward to. So, Jed, your counterpoint, what you're saying is this is not the quote-unquote mom card. This is not one you're you're telling your buddies to stay home from the bar, forget that concert, don't go out to dinner with your loved ones, sit on the couch and strap in and get ready for this one. You're not you're not doing that. It, it appears. No, and look, like maybe the card turns out well. Uh, you did full Dana White impression uh, with the you know that's why they fight the fights, but this card's awful on paper. Um, and then I'm just not going to pretend like it's not like it's fights. And I'm always down to watch fights on a Saturday night. I have nothing else to do with my life, but I want to be clear here. I know that I'm new to the team as a full-time employee, but theoretically this is my job and I will not pretend to know everybody on this card. Like some of these people I have never heard of in my life. And maybe that's on me. But it's also on the UFC because I should be their target audience. And if they can't market these people and this card better than that, that's on them that, that they're producing this and expecting people to tune in. On paper, yes, top to bottom, not a great card. But if you put each individual fight like in its own vacuum, there are some really fun matchups. There's no doubt about that. Like this main event, Jose, we got Jack Hermanson versus Sean Strickland. Hermanson is a guy who has gotten very close to that title shot, has seen a few main events. He's a very tough out, taken on just a freight train in a number of different ways in this division and just on the microphone. Sean Strickland, he's won five straight, never lost a fight at 185. He's just surging right now up this divisional ladder. I know we talked a little about this fight yesterday on BTL, but now that we're a little bit closer, We've turned one day on the calendar. Has the anticipation levels jumped up at all for you in regards to this main event, Jose? I mean, I've always been excited for this fight the, the second they announced it because it's one of those rare occasions where, like I've said a million times, the more you want something, the less likely the UFC is going to give it to you, specifically in terms of fights. Like if two fighters ask to fight each other and agree to fight on a specific date, the UFC's probably not going to do it for whatever reason but this is one of those rare occasions where sean strickland goes i want to fight jack hermanson jack hermanson's like 
cool, I'll fight you. And the UFC delivered a pretty solid main event. Um, like I said this on BTL yesterday, this fight is really good. It would be fantastic if it was like a paper on a pay-per-view card, like to kind of spotlight the division. But I'm very happy that this fight is five rounds. Like I know we have the middleweight title fight next week, and then we have Cannonier uh, Brunson on that card too. But I'm specifically happy, happy this fight is a five-round fight because I just think Sean Strickland is an animal over 25 minutes. And I'm very happy that it's in the confined setting of the UFC Apex so I can hear everything Sean Strickland says. So uh, I'm not going to give it a 10 out of 10 uh, main event. I think that's reserved for like those Corey, like Corey Sanhagen, TJ Dillashaw fights where they could be the two best bantamweights in the world fighting. I'll give this a solid eight and a half, eight out of 10. My anticipation is very high for this fight, specifically to see if Sean Sterling continue winning a middleweight. What do you think of this main event, AK? How do, how do you like this one on paper? What stands out to you? What are your thoughts on it? It's great. It's great. I, I think middleweight has been in good shape uh, for for a while now. I, I like that we have guys like Brunson Canier at the top, and we've got ourselves a clear, you know, a, a title fight coming up. And um, I like the I like the stylistic matchup. Again, it's kind of on paper, striker versus grappler. But you know, Hermanson, he can bang a little bit. But I think if we're, you know, I know we'll be doing our predictions later. But obviously, his best route to victory: get this one on the ground, use that wrestling, use that grappling, and, and win the fight that way. So, it just has again, it has all the makings of a solid main event. It is either guy like is this a number one contender's bout? Is either guy you know with even with an amazing performance like guaranteed to fight for the title next or or even this year? No, no. But but we've said this many times in the show that like title implications should not be the determining factor on whether you care about a main event. Sometimes it's just, do you want to see two? guys fight and i i if you i i think uh mike on, on to the next one i think a lot of people if i remember correctly uh matched up hermanson and strickland saying this would be a great fight so there's a buzz about it it makes a lot of sense again strickland ha- has generated a lot of heat uh with his comments again some of them really deplorable but i but i understand he is someone that we do pay attention to uh when he speaks and that's something that uh, you can't put a price on and that the ufc is a fan of uh especially since they don't seem to be policing some all of his comments if any um so yeah, I th- I think it's a great main event. Like I said, uh, uh, we we have a we have a pretty eventful uh, month at 185 pounds ahead of us, and I think this is a good way to kick it off. So yeah, uh, just right. I do feel like I'm a little bit in full Dana White mode here. I'm I'm excited. I like this. I like this card, and I like this main event. Jed Sean Strickland, as AK just alluded to, he is who he is. He's very outspoken, unapologetically himself. He likes to talk while he fights. He's just a super unique guy. But I feel like this fight, in a weird way, it, it, it's not exactly the same, but it has this sort of Chikadze cater vibe to it where the story seems to be around one guy who's on a tear and where he could go and what a win does for him. And people sort of sleeping on the guy who has been in big spots before, a very serviceable fighter, may not be a guy who becomes a world champion at any point, but a guy that you absolutely cannot overlook at all. But I feel, Jed, that... A lot of people are sleeping on Jack Hermanson heading into this fight because I don't know if you agree with that. It sure seems that way to me. Do you agree with that? Do you feel like a lot of people are sleeping on Hermanson heading into tomorrow night? Yeah, I mean, I think oh, I don't know if it's sleeping on, frankly, because I, I don't love Jack Hermanson's odds uh, tomorrow night. But I mean, certainly nobody that I've heard is picking him. Um, he's he's pretty concise, like a pretty clear underdog as far as I'm, I'm aware. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the betting lines right now because I don't remember off the top of my head what they were at. Um, but yeah, I minus two twenty minus two twenty for Strickland. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't love. Uh, like I said, I don't love Hermanson's chances against Strickland. 
Um, I hope he does well because, look, I'm just going to be the dude to bring it up. I'm going to try and choose my words really carefully. I have some serious concerns about Sean Strickland as a person um, and about the USC's continued promotion of him. Um, we have mentioned that he is a unique personality who says stuff, uh, but some of the things he says are like genuinely horrific. And you would like to believe and in a perfect world, the things that he says are promotion or not indicative of, of who he is underneath. But there's a, a world where Sean Strickland goes really bad and all of this then looks super, super bad in hindsight. And so I have a lot of trepidation anytime Sean Strickland fights at this point because of the way he has carried himself. And maybe that's why I feel down on this card in general, because on the merits of the fight itself, it's a really good main event. But I I got a lot of nerves about Sean Strickland as a as a continuing presence in MMA and in this sport and in our lives. So that's kind of where I feel about this whole thing, I think. So let's just say, Jed, just to continue on to this, let's say Sean Strickland just goes out and does what the betting odds suggest he's going to do. He's going to go out there and 49-46 Jack Hermanson, win the fight, move on to bigger and better things. Let's just say he wins another fight. He becomes a top five guy. He's a win away from fighting for a world title. And we talked about this on BTL yesterday, but I just want to get your thoughts on this. Is this a guy that the UFC is just going to be like, okay, here he is. He's he's earned this title shot with his fighting. Or are the UFC just going to push this guy to the moon because of his personality? I, I think it's probably the latter, and that's what's really giving me concern here. Like – he he is generating interest one one way or another. Like people are interested in Sean Strickland in part because he is saying stuff that nobody else really says in this sport. Um, and the UFC has is not going to care. They're just going to shove him to the moon. And I, like I said, I'm just really concerned about the world where that backfires horrifically on on all parties involved. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Like, I hope that this is not a thing and that I am just clutching my pearls for no reason. But if he, they shove him to the moon, like I, there, there's just a lot of bad outcomes that can come from it. Uh, and it's really just kind of indicative of their whole laissez-faire attitude towards their fighter conduct policy. Cause they have one and they just don't enforce it. And you shouldn't have a guy going around saying, I'd like to, to kill a person in the cage. Like that's very obviously not something that, anybody should be okay with and the UFC shouldn't be okay with their fighter personally promoting, but they're not stopping him. And they're probably just going to shove it in the same way. They, you know, they wrung their hands about Connor's bus attack and then sure as shit, that was in the promos for Connor Habib. Like that's just kind of how they are as an organization. It seems. AKA just talking about the actual fight itself. Let's talk about the stakes here because like you said, we got Adesanya. He's the champion getting ready to fight Robert Whitaker next week in Houston. We got the big fight between Brunson and Cannonier on that same card next week. Marvin Vittori is out here winning fights. It's it's a fun division, and there's some good contenders here, but it's not the fastest-moving division in the world. So I'm curious, in your eyes, who needs this one more, AK? Is it Strickland to stay in the this guy could fight for a title conversation or is it Hermanson who really wants to get back to being a constant in those conversations? I think Hermanson needs it a little more. I think it's 
pretty even. Like I said, neither guy is like knocking on the door of a title shot. Strickland definitely has more of the buzz. He's got he's got a really solid streak going. But Hermanson has beaten the better competition, which is why in our rankings he's just he's just a spot above Strickland. You know, he's got he's got a little bit uh, better a better track record. So theoretically, his name should have more value. But right now, again, a lot of the buzz is around Strickland. Uh, I don't want to say his fighting style is more appealing because, again, I think Jack Hermanson is pretty exciting too. He's a fight finisher. Again, he can scrap when he wants to. Um, but I will say that Hermanson needs it just just a little more because I feel like Strickland can lose this one. I feel like he can kind of talk his way back into uh, a title fight. Um, he also strikes me as someone who's just – I don't want to say not affected by a loss. Who knows? He hasn't lost in a while. Maybe a loss will uh, really send him over the edge if he's not already there already. But – uh, but I, I do think he'll he he can sort of take a loss. There's someone as good as Hermanson, who he seems to like and respect. They're pretty chummy uh, at the faceoffs today. I think he he'll, he could kind of brush it off, get right back in the saddle. Like if, if Hermanson loses, uh, he is a bit older, am I right? Like now that Strickland's super young. Oh, okay, so about three years older than than uh, Strickland. I do think it'll take him a little bit more time to sort of recover and and find the right fight that's next. Strickland, I could see losing and kind of just Kevin Hollanding it and just being like, oh, you know, uh, I'm on call. If I'm not too hurt, I'm on call for the next fight. Get me back in there. I could see him like losing this fight and then rattling off like three more wins in this like this year. So I just see him being more active and easy, it's a little easier for him to bounce back. And again, just having a little more popularity at the moment. So I think Hermanson needs it a little, a little more. Do you agree with that, Jed? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, basically everything AK said was spot on. Like Strickland has is getting a following behind him, so he can take a loss. Um, especially because Jack Hermanson's kind of a weirdo. Like he's he's just an interesting cat in the division. He's he's got some really weird wins, and he's he's not a great fighter, but he's a really good one, and he's a tricky one, and he's got you know the nasty guillotine and leg locks and stuff. He can sneak up on you. So there's a world in which Strickland can take a loss here and not be set set back too terribly by it, uh, but. I think if Hermanson catches an L this weekend, his title aspirations are probably done. I mean, not necessarily, but pretty likely that he'll never get to a title shot. So he he really needs this one a little bit more than Strickland. Yeah, I don't care what Helwani says. Hermanson looks nothing like Chris O'Dowd. So we'll just leave that at that and, and move on. I don't know so, what that was. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> that, was, that was not a good, comp- not good photo close. comparison. Not a little close. bit, but definitely not uh, – uncanny as i believe the word was so jose let's start the picks out with you because right now strickland uh big favorite minus 220 come back on jacker manson plus 180 most folks look at this fight kind of the way ak described it her manson's gonna win he's got to get it to the ground he's got to get strickland out of there early and the longer the fight goes the more it favors strickland do you agree with that how does this play out uh, I think Sean Strickland's going to get it done. I think it'll be a 25 minute. I don't want to say beat down, but it's just going to be Sean Strickland doing Sean Strickland things. And I know AK said uh, he thinks Jack Hermanson's uh, resume is a little better. I don't know if that's the case. Like Jack Hermanson has fought in maybe more impressive fighters in middleweight, but I don't think he's beaten a lot of fighters better than the guys that Sean Strickland's beating because like, who's he lost to like, or I guess the, the Jacare, 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 Jac
kind of a shell of, of what Jacques Ortiz was. He's no longer in the UFC. And then he's got smoked by Jared Cannonier, and he got just absolutely manhandled by Marvin Torrey, who took that fight on short notice. Let's not forget he was trained for a three-round fight. So uh, Jack Hermanson's lost to a lot of guys that are in like that top five range and beaten a lot of guys that maybe not in the UFC or uh, in Edmund Shabazzian's case, it's on like a three-fight losing, three or four-fight losing streak. Kevin Gaslam's not been uh, accustomed to the win column much lately. So Sean Strickland's looked obviously really impressive that and he beat a fighter in Uriah Hall who had looked better than ever uh, when they stepped uh, into that five round fight. So I think Sean Strickland's going to get it done. I think it's going to be, I think he does enough to avoid all Jack Hermanson submissions. Now, if Jack Hermanson can get score takedown real early in the fight when they're both dry, I could just be talking out my ass right now. And Jack Hermanson just gets another like sub minute leg lock submission. Cause let's not forget. Didn't Sean, Str- was it Sean Strickland? <laughs> The one that said Brandon Allen took the coward's way out when Brandon Allen got a leg lock. So my like Sean Strickland's head is just going to explode if Jack Hermanson just leg locks him in the first thirty seconds. Amazing. Then we get another another chaotic post fight interview from Sean Strickland calling someone a coward to his face this time in the octagon. But I actually I think Sean Strickland gets it done. I, mean, I don't want I don't know what what the scorecards are going to be, but Sean Strickland's just looks uh, maybe a little more impressive lately. Jack Hermanson is really really good. I just. I go. The, I also picked against Sean Strickland's last two fights, and he showed how much I know about picking fights. So this time, I'm going to pick Sean Strickland to win, and maybe this time I'll be right. AK, your thoughts? You heard the betting odds, and our uh, our tapology numbers have Strickland seventy four percent, seventy four percent for Strickland, twenty six percent for Hermanson. Your thoughts? How does this thing all go down tomorrow night? Uh, for the record, Jose, you did not mention his win over Calvin Gastelum. Hermanson's uh, uh, win over Calvin Gastelum. And if anyone knows, if anyone listened to the ranking show this Jeez. past week, they'll know they'll know that a win over Gastelum for me locks you into the top five at 185 pounds. So. <laughs> I said Calvin Gastelum. I said he beat Calvin. I said he beat. I said he beat Calvin Gastelum, who's not very accustomed to the win column lately. Just like Edmund okay. Shabazz. All right, all right, fair enough. I, I'm just. I, 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 I have a lot of stock. Tough 17, never die. All right. I have a lot. I put a lot of stock in a win over Calvin Gastelum, but I understand why others uh, may not. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, I, I'm leaning towards Strickland. I think I have to this time. I distinctly recall picking Uriah Hall to beat him. I think I was very passionate about it too. I was like, Uriah Hall has finally put it together. This is the one where he's gonna, you know, gonna see the Uriah Hall become a, a world title contender. It set, it made sense at the time. I swear, Jed. I swear, it made sense at the time. Uh, it never sure made sense to think Uriah Hall's put it he together. Lost, he lost a pretty lopsided decision, and it's a credit to Strickland's skills. It's not like anything was necessarily wrong with Uriah Hall. I mean, maybe a better Uriah Hall wins that fight, but I also think Strickland is just a really, really great fighter. And 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 again, in the stand up at middleweight right now. Outside of some of the top guys, I just don't know if there's anyone who wants to who wants who can hang with them. So uh, it's definitely if if Hermanson can get to the ground uh, and to get a finish there, that's his best chance of victory. I but I actually think Strickland also probably has good has good ground defense, and I do think he'll be able like he'll be able to get down and won't panic. I don't think if if it goes to the ground, he automatically loses. There are five rounds to work with. I can see him giving up a round or two uh, if Hermanson's able to get it there and is really persistent with it. But I see Strickland outlasting him. He has really good cardio. Uh, is just super tough and. Again, just has this mentality of like it, it's just unmatched right now. Again, love, love it or hate it, he has this, this in cage, outside the cage mentality. It's unmatched right now, and I, I'm not saying he's uh, going to be champion soon necessarily, but I think he's certainly creeping towards that top six, top five. And I think this win over Hermanson gets him closer. So I'm, I'm going uh, Strickland by a pr- pretty convincing decision. Jed, what do you think? Yeah, Strickland by decision seems like the safest bet for me. Um, I. 
echo a lot of what both of my colleagues have said. Uh, the one thing that I think is maybe interesting here is that Strickland isn't like a huge finisher. Um, and because of that, because it's a main event, five rounds, Hermanson is a little bit crafty on the floor. There's totally a possible, like, there's more of an opportunity for Hermanson to snatch up a leg over the course of 25 minutes. Like, that's the problem with being a heavily decision-backed guy. You're just giving opponents more opportunities for that one spurt of offense to to turn the tide. But ultimately, I don't think it's going to matter here. I think AK is right. Strickland is not, like, a total rookie on the ground. Um, He, in fact, kind of shoots takedowns semi-regularly in his own fights, though I don't don't believe he'll do that here for very obvious reasons. Um, but I think if he gets on the ground, he's probably not entirely outmatched there. Uh, and I think he, he just works with more volume. Like, and that's, that's really the name of the game in MMA in a lot of ways. And Strickland is a much busier fighter, uh, a little more clean on the feet uh, and certainly more rugged than Hermanson. So I, I think he's just going to outwork him for 25 minutes. I do think people are sleeping a little bit on Hermanson here, and he is a monster on the ground. He's got good submissions. The ground and pound is really strong when he gets there. He's been in these big spots before. I mean, he gets it. He does have a lot on the line, like especially if he wants to fight for a title at some point in his career. He's got to win this fight. I don't necessarily think that is the case for Strickland because I think if Strickland loses, you could just go back to the Luke Rockhold fight, and that's fine. He beats Luke Rockhold, and he catapults back up to – where he would go if he beats Jack Hermanson. I will say from like a betting perspective, Hermanson at big dog odds is kind of spicy, but I just think Strickland's pressure is just going to be too much. I mean, Hermanson can strike too. It's an underrated part of his game. He does have some sting, but I I just think Strickland's going to keep coming and coming. And I'm just not sure. Yeah. I'm just not sure if, uh, if, if, if Hermanson can fight fire with fire for 25 minutes. Cause I think, I, I think most people who, get prepared to fight Sean Strickland coming with the mindset like I just can't take a backward step if I just stand in front of him and I push forward or I just find a spot and stand there and trade back like maybe I have a chance but for to do that for 25 minutes when this dude is just throwing all that volume at you it's so hard to do it's so much easier said than done we saw the Marvin Vittori fight the volume the pressure just became too much for Jack Hermanson Jack yeah he had his moments in the fight but I mean, it was Vittori, It was the Vittori show most of the way. I, I think it's a pretty similar bet here, 49-46 Strickland. But I think Hermanson will have his moments. It's going to be a fight that we go on the post-fight show and say, yeah, that was a pretty fun fight. But, yeah, I, I think this is this is the Sean Strickland show tomorrow night. Just the volume is going to be too much. What were you going to say, Jed? I was saying, like, that. The Vittori, this is just the Vittori fight. Like, Strickland just exactly. Vittori. He's maybe – I think he's not as good as Vittori in some regards, but he's even more active than Vittori. He throws more offense. Like, he's just – We've seen this fight very recently, and it did not go Jack Hermanson's way. I, I, I struggle to see him changing that, that narrative here. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. 
So that is the main event at 185, 185 pounds. Co-main event, also at 185. We got Puna Soriano against Diaz, protege, Nick Maximoff. We got the return of Shafkat Rachmanov taking on Carlson Harris, Sam Alvey taking on Brendan Allen in a light heavyweight fight. Allen just took this fight a few days ago. We got the tough finale fight, Brian Battle, Treshawn Gore. At least that's what it was supposed to be. And then kicking off the main card should be a fun one between Julian Arosa and Steven Peterson. Peterson, the one hiccup on the scale, missed weight by quite a bit and forfeiting 30% of his purse over to Julian Arosa. They probably had the most heated stare down uh, between those two guys. We'll talk about the low-key banger in a minute, but Jed, we'll start with you. We're going to try to find some sort of positivity out of you here. On this main card, outside of the main event, which main card fight sticks out to you, and why is the answer Shavkat Rachmanov? <laughs> oh, I'm glad you at least said it. Didn't maybe do it. Because uh, it's Shavkat Rachmanov. <laughs> um, he's a really interesting fighter. Uh, he might be really good. I'm, I'm unclear exactly how good he is, but I think I, I have him ranked in my top 15 on division um he has obviously made a really strong start to his ufc career uh two submission wins over michelle prezeus and cowboy Oliveira. um that's right right it's those two yes i am correct um cool uh yeah so he undefeated is always a buzzword uh especially in mma so it's very interesting and undefeated and coming in and not getting softballs to start his ufc career like Cowboy Oliveira is a super good veteran in this sport. Like, uh, granted, you know, maybe stylistically that was an easier fight for Rachmanov, given that Oliveira is getting a little older. Um, but look, Oliveira and Prezeus, guys who have been around the block, a lot of fights in the UFC, extremely competent fighters, and Rachmanov did the damn thing. Like, this guy could be really good. Um, and so watching him fight to to steal Jose Young's phrase, uh, I watch him make a bowl of pudding because I want to see what this kid is <laughs> can do. Um, but you know, he's he's going up against a guy who himself has been really exciting in his first couple bouts in the UFC. Uh, Carlson Harris has a couple of spicy, spicy wins, um, and so this is to me this should easily be the co-main event. Not, I'm honestly not sure why it isn't. Um, but yeah, this is if there's another fight to give a sh- crap about. Uh, um, on Saturday, <laughs> it's now that I'm a full time person. I gotta gotta monitor that language a little bit more. There's another fight to give a crap about on Saturday. Uh, for my money, it's this one. AKA, we know what your pick is. You are a Ultimate Fighter fanatic. Um, and so I'm going to ask you because the betting lines have Trayshawn Gore is a minus 150 favorite. The comeback on Brian Battle is plus 130. Brian Battle has a UFC fight, has a victory is officially right now the tough champion. Treshawn Gore, this is only his fourth professional fight. So I will admit, I interviewed Treshawn Gore. He's got a very interesting story. This guy's been through a lot, but I did not watch. I watched one episode of the show, so I don't know much about either guy in terms of their fighting skills and what they presented in the house when they actually competed. So is Treshawn Gore the rightful favorite in your mind here, or is that surprising to you? I mean, yeah, he was the favorite uh, going in when the matchup was originally made. He, he just showed a lot of like, I think, I think there's that that, uh, and Jed kind of mentioned with Shopkat, like sort of the temptation of the unknown. It's like, yes, he only has. I think this is what this is his fourth professional fight, fourth or fifth professional fight. Um, and I guess if you count the tough bouts; it'll be like six or seven. So, I, I think there's an element of like, man, he, he's he's so raw. But if you know, he'll probably like 
six months of training for a guy like this will probably take him like so far and and uh, who knows how much better he is since the conclusion of the the, the filming of that show i like brian battle a lot though i think he, he's a, a bit more experienced i liked what i like what he showed in the show as well um again i think he's a little more well-rounded i think uh having i, I liked how he looked and he oh he really won uh, the tough finale against uh, uh their placement Gilbert Ibina pretty convincingly, as he should have, as he should have. He was he was pretty favorite there. So I, I liked his poise. I liked his poise. I like his character as well. Um, I've, I've interviewed him. So I, I, maybe we're doing interview who we interviewed, uh, Mike, is who we're leaning towards. But um, I'm not surprised Treshawn is favored. I don't think it's that exaggerated. Like you said, it's like it's only it's it's not like anything crazy like two to one. So uh, I'm fine with that line band as it is. But I think I am leaning a bit towards uh, battle. Mike, did you know? This is supposedly – it's been mentioned in the comments a few times, and this is also according to Wikipedia. This is officially UFC Fight Night 200. I believe that is the case. Yeah. Right? It's kind of weird because – I mean they, because they separate like UFC and ESPNs, so those aren't counted as UFC Fight Nights. And then there's UFC Fight Islands, which I think were – I think those were counted. I'm not sure. So it really means nothing. Some people are like, oh, this is a disappointing card for the 200th Fight Night. And it's like I don't think it matters. I don't think UFC is that aware of their right of their chronology. And then again, when you add in the on ESPN or Fight Island plus the pay per views plus I don't know Ultimate Fighter finales, I think which used to not be counted as fight nights, it really doesn't mean anything. Do you guys remember what was the UFC Fight Night 100 uh, main event? Jesus, no. I think I think it was Bader and uh, Nogueira rematch. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, I believe that's what it was. Which again, at the time, we're just like. Who cares about the 100th fight night? Numbers it doesn't don't mean matter, anything. people. Oh, I, oh you, UFC. <laughs> you, I think UFC on Foxes were counted separately. UFC on FX. UFC on Fuel, Fuel TV. TV. <laughs> I had to go there. So what does what does the fight night number actually mean? Nothing. It's a cool number, but uh, congratulations, I guess, guys, for reaching We are coming number. up on their 600th event. That's at least that, something. That's, there we go. That is meaningful. Yes, yeah. that is like, meaningful. That's marginally interesting, but numbers don't matter. Stop caring, people. <laughs> yeah, they only use they use numbers for a big marketing tool. Like the BMF yeah. fight was the five hundredth event, uh, if you remember, because they wanted to put the big five zero zero on the posters and the BMF title. So it's all marketing. Uh, number six hundred will be UFC two seventy three if all things hold together. It looks Ooh. like so. That's kind of cool. Bring back yeah, titles for pay per views. Bring back saying. titles for pay per views. That's what we want. UFC two seventy <laughs> should have been bad blood or bad blood in French. Uh, mal sangre, mal sangre, or something like that. So Way to go! So, AK, if that, you Canadian, resident Canadian, with I, don't the think French. I, don't, I don't think I got it right. If, if UFC 273 is indeed the 600th episode, then that's just a whole nother reason to swap the main events with 27, what 272, put Colby and Masvidal in Florida, and Masvidal can headline the 500th and 600th event. UFC, you're 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 blowing it. <laughs> I think that's going to be a new game on these pay-per-view preview shows. We have to, you know, title these events, not just UFC 271. We have to find Love some that. sort of title. We'll have a game. We'll have the we'll have the viewers vote on it, and we'll ha- we'll have some bragging rights for for a month anyway. So, Jose, what's your, what's the main card fight that you like the most that hasn't been mentioned yet? Uh, I mean, it's probably going to be Juliana Rosa and Stephen Ocho. Ocho Peterson, you guys took like the two answers that are the correct answers. I mean, Puna Soriano <laughs> and Nick Maximoff are is a, is a really fun fight. Puna Soriano looked like he had a lot of hype for a bit, and then anytime you can get you can like use blank like Diaz Army Protege blank. That's just SEO gold right there, and people will click on it. <laughs> uh, but Julian Rosa, like, talk about a guy who was on like he was on the Ultimate Fighter, right? He was on uh, Team Faber against Conor McGregor, if I remember correctly, like, yep. and. 
talk about a guy who you know leads the UFC, comes back. It looks not, I don't want to say like a world beater, but he definitely looked like he's like advanced leaps and bounds from the times we saw him on the Ultimate Fighter. And then Steven Peterson has a lot of impressive finishes. Wish he would make weight uh, if he's going to talk all that greasiness after fights. But, I mean, that's a fun fight. It's just not the correct answer for the one I'm most excited for on the main event. The two uh, my colleagues said are the correct answer, specifically the Rackmanov Harris fight. Like, I love everything about that fight. Yeah, the, I, I say this all the time. The Julian Arosa story, at least over the last two years, one of the unsung hero stories yeah. of of MMA if, if we're being honest because he comes off he's on the ultimate fighter a guy with a lot of talent won a bunch on the regional scene goes on the contender series has a second round finish doesn't get a contract I don't think and then the no. UFC ends up bringing him in on short notice to fight Devonte Smith up a weight class he gets deaded in 46 seconds then he loses his next two fights in dominant fashion gets released wins one fight on the regional scene gets re-signed to fight Sean Woodson on like two days notice. And he's three and one with three finishes since then. This dude is never in a boring fight. That is, that, that is a great pick Jose and Steve Peterson. Fun guy as well too, but. And what you failed to mention is, yeah, he lost in the UFC, but he lost to Teruto Ishihara in 2016. Like, you lose to Teruto Ishihara in the UFC, you're probably not UFC level yet. And then, but he's he's obviously got leaps and bounds better. So excited for him to fight. He gets a lot of flying. He got that flying knee knockout once. It'll be fun. Yeah. Go watch his fight with Patty Pimblett. He won that fight and got it for sure he did. by the 100%. judges so badly. So he does have, in my opinion, he's got a win over Patty Pimblett too. So they could always go back to that. Low key banger, Jed Mishu. What do you got? Oh, I don't know. Every fight on this card's a low key banger because, or a low key, I guess. They're not all bangers. Um, give me Miles Johns versus John Castaneda. Uh, I know it's the prelim main event, but no one cares. No one's talking about it. And Miles Johns is, dude, is a hitter. Miles Johns is really, really damn fun. Um, I talk about this all the time on our various programs. Uh, it's great to come out and be exciting and win but it is an equally important skill set to be exciting and get got. Uh, and Miles Johns, three for three in his last three fights for, for performance bonuses. He got two himself uh, with KOs, and then he got obliterated by Mario Batista with flying knee, and Batista got a KO of the night for that. So anytime you're on a three-fight performance bonus, even if you're on the back end of it, you're probably worth watching. And, uh, yeah, give me that one. Yeah, it's a fun fight. Castaneda coming off that win that AK didn't even remember against uh, finishing Eddie Wineland in the first round. Back yeah, what that happened is February of 2021. That didn't happen. I still don't believe that happened. I sent you the damn clip and you still didn't believe it, which is amazing. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it because I thought it was fake. I'm like, why is it sending me this fake? Is this like a, my, you know, my, people say like. Mike is notorious for sending viruses through Slack. Yeah, yeah. I know. You're not, not this time, heck. Not this time. <laughs> I hope I didn't do that. Damn it. I have to pay attention. So, AK, what's your low-key banger? Let's get us out of this virus talk and talk more viral under-the-radar fights. I kind of got an eye on Chidi and Jaquan. Did someone say this already and I wasn't paying attention? I'm sorry. Chidi and Jaquani and Marc-Andre Barrio. No. No. You can, it's all yours, buddy. I said, I, said, I said it on BTL yesterday. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's why I got it. That's why it sounds familiar. I was watching that incredible program yesterday. Um, sure you were. 
I, I, if anyone's like kind of like raising their eyebrow, they're like, 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 is that the Chidi and Jaquani from Bellator? Yeah, he he had to go to the Contender Series. I hope. Let me ask first: Is he? Do you think he had to sign to like a, Bell, a Contender Series contract? That would sound do, you think, right. do you think he's coming in like at like twelve thousand or whatever? Like, that's brutal. No, that's not going to be like, hey, you fought for Bellator a few times. Let's give you a, a five hundred percent pay bump. I mean, he should constituents like 40k 40k is that unreasonable like this is ridiculous this guy's a veteran this guy has fought has fought legitimate like i would say before we didn't weren't doing our rankings at the time but a, a handful of top 15 ranks uh uh middleweights i mean he didn't beat them necessarily but but he's a talented guy and he's a veteran he should he should like this is ridiculous why why beat him Contender series, the whole the whole I mean, last season was weird. It was a lot of experienced guys who like had done a lot in other promotions, but obviously not in the you know didn't matter to the UFC. So they got to go through Dana White's show, I guess, and, and fight for his uh, fight for his love and, and admiration. Um, so I, 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 AK, that's oh, how you man. get fighters noticed. Doesn't but, matter if they've been competing in Ryzen <laughs> on the Tuesday but, uh, night Contender series. That's Andre. where fans tune in. <laughs> Mark Andre uh, Power Bar, as they call him, uh, it has uh, has looked good since uh, since moving to Stanford MMA. It's, I, I always think a, a guy, a talented guy like him, doing a, a, you know a camp change like that is so important. So uh, I believe in the results. I want to see what's. I want to see him really move up the middleweight rankings. But Chido and Jaquani is super tough. Um, so I like both guys. I like this one going the distance, and I like it being one of those sort of competitive back and forth middleweight fights, and not one of those weird um, middleweight fights. Sorry, Jed. Yeah, Julia, I mean, anytime Julia Stoliarenko is on a card, she's going to bring the ruckus, and I think Alexis Davis is is more than down for that, so that's a fun fight. I'm going to go just because of the potential that this guy has, and I'm curious to see like how good he actually is. Phil Rowe versus Jason Witt is one of those fights that stands out to me because Phil Rowe, for a guy that's a welterweight, it's just – I mean, he's freakishly tall. His, I think he's an ele- almost an 11-inch reach advantage on Jason Witt tomorrow, something crazy like that. Like, they look like two completely different human beings when it comes to, like, the size and stature of welterweights in the UFC when those guys faced off. So, Phil Rowe had a tough start to his UFC career. Great on the Contender Series, one of Dana's guys, and he looked great in his last fight. Overcame a little adversity against uh, Orion Kosey and got the job done, got the finish. Jason Witt... Has just been a grinder. Guy's been on the regional scene, just ruling it out for a long time. I think this is a, a really good, a really good test for Phil Rowe to see how good he is. If he can beat a Jason Witt, now he can increase the talent level a little bit. See who he's going to go up against. Jason Witt is just such a is a very tough out for anybody. So I like the matchmaking here. A chance for Phil Rowe to to take a step, and he's got such a good personality, and he could fight like hell. And he's just huge for the division. So I'm I'm curious to see how he does against uh an absolute grizzled vet gamer like Jason Witt. So I did, like that. Did, did like you see my bit. nickname for, do you see my nickname for Jason Witt that I tweeted out? What was that? Jason brevity is the soul of wit. Zero likes, zero likes, zero good, retweets. Good job. No, intera- no interaction. <laughs> Can we I think you hashtag it so that you still had a chance to go on the broadcast. Did that make the broadcast? Oh, I should. Oh, I'll, t- I'll tweet it again tomorrow. There we go. That's what I'll do. I'll tweet it again on Saturday night. That's I should have done my time. My timing was just off. My timing was just off. If that makes the broadcast, you win next week's game of naming the pay-per-view <laughs> without even us having to take a guess. How about that? You'll be on the board. You'll have a point. And that's, I should uh, add. I'll add Bruce Buffer or, or whoever is it? Joe <laughs> Martinez, whoever it is. And I'll make sure that they I'll say, did you guys know about this nickname? Just make sure you say it. 
it's the buff man tomorrow it's buffer okay. and uh probably all black with the bow tie just crushing it so all right let's go to the peeps for uh for some questions we got the casey line on the ones and twos because through the because no one because no one asked the the correct answer for the prelims to watch out for is Sakeem Dowd and Michael Trezano. Move on. That that yeah. was my second choice, other than AK. You, know, you can hand back your Canadian card for not picking Hakeem Dowd. I know you picked Mark Andre, but like, let's be real. Hakeem Dowd is probably the highest chance you had at a, at a at a UFC title right now. Hey, shout out to Malcolm Gordon. If we're shouting out Canadians, shout out to Malcolm Gordon, Alexis Davis. We already yeah, that's well, a lot of Canadians. Mark Andre Barriolt is a much more Canadian name, Jose. I think we can all admit that. <laughs> Alexis Davis, yeah. you know, maybe she she climbs the ranks and gets up there. But you know, does Jasmine Jazdavisius, you know, mm, Canada's does, coming. Here we come. But does but does Mark Andre Barriolt have his nickname tattooed on his chest? Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be a great sponsorship opportunity for Power Bar. Just does he have a right black right? power fist on his chest? Probably not either. That'd be real weird. I don't think he has that. <laughs> No, Mike, don't read that. What? The heel turn? <laughs> Javon saying you have a heel turn? This is uh-huh. – maybe this is the actual that, that year fine. of uh, – Nope. Yes, the year of <laughs> – it, it is the year <laughs> of, of the dog. It is, it is not the, the year dogs. of the our dog, all right? It is not the – and it's not my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What else we got? uh infinite nick strickland got that non-stop pressure that's true that's could be the difference maker in this fight he's gonna need that tomorrow david sandine sam alvey hasn't won a yes. fight in his last seven, seven. yes yes uh, he is one away from the Whoa. record he is one away from the record held by bj penn yeah let's, yeah, let's be clear shouldn't have won a fight in his last eight <laughs> so. what was the one he won what was the last one he won the Jean Volante, that was a, oh. that was a bad fight that he probably didn't win. <laughs> oh, Da Un Jung didn't. That was a draw, right? That was like a split draw on Abu Dhabi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I think a lot I think time he lost that one too. I don't remember. That was a fight. Who did he, he fight? Who did he fight in fought. Jacksonville? Uh, um, I believe it was Ryan Span. That was a was Span. That was a close fight, right? Yeah. That, is that was the first. That was fight. the first fight because that was when Sam Alvey walked out high fiving nobodies. He also like for no reason whatsoever has a win over Rashad Evans in Mexico City. Why that uh-huh. fight happened on, in Mexico City is beyond me. I'm also pretty sure Jack Hermanson fought Brad Scott on that card. Two Europeans fighting in Mexico City makes Brad all the sense. Scott, to amazing. Anyway. Jed, you uh. You know, it's it's maybe not legal in in the state you reside in, but uh, if if let's just say if you were to find a hot parlay for tomorrow on DraftKings Sportsbook, what would uh, what would stick out to you? Uh, I wouldn't parlay because parlays for suckers. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to trying to save everybody money. You get no added value. Don't parlay. Vegas makes all their money on parlays. If it's good enough to parlay, it's good enough to bet it straight up, buddy. So. Uh, you know, if I lived in a state where it was legal to gamble and if it wasn't an ethical quandary to do so, I might have some money down on a Sean Strickland by decision prop. But that's entirely theoretical because I don't exist in a world where things like that are OK. So if, there you have uh, it. It's interesting. If Hermanson pulls off the decision, plus two plus 450 payout. That would be nice. 
This person also Not has a quite lovely, in Ghana numbers. I think that's a Vancouver Grizzlies uh, uh, profile picture. I think I love it. I think very nice. Or I guess Memphis. I guess Memphis Grizzlies actually. I once owned a uh, Grizzlies jersey when Big Country got drafted in the nineties. Good. I made sure I got that. I was a big Big Country guy. Uh, Javon Strickland is terrifying as a person. Not even necessarily as a fighter. He's the dude you worry might keep pounding away after a fight ends. Yet I'm compelled to watch. Awful. Amazing. I don't know. We got Jed's take on Javon and uh, on the on Javon's question here. He was more on the on the former side. More awful. Uh, where are you, Jose? Is it, would you consider him more awful or amazing in terms of his fighting abilities mixed in with the, the character that he is as well? Very, like, he's a very talented fighter, obviously top five middleweight in the world, uh, puts pressure on like very few people can. Not a fan of the human being outside of the cage, uh, but that's not really what we're talking about. I don't really, like, everything he says, I'm just like, oh, no, like... I would never want to be around this human being whatsoever. And I do echo what Jed says that, man, if, if, if there was a headline in like a year from now that Sean Strickland did blank outside of the octagon, would any of us be surprised? Probably not. In fact, Sean Strickland uses phrases like whenever I kill a guy at one point, at some point in my life, like don't say that. Don't say you would fail as a father. If your son was gay, don't say a lot of things that Sean Strickland says. So, uh, uh, what did he say about Kevin Holland? He said something pretty horrific about him as well, like in the last few days. Like I don't want to repeat it if, I, if I'm remembering correctly, but that was pretty awful too. So, yeah, not a fan of the human being. Incredibly talented fighter. I want to say what just else? on this, okay. like, look, Sean Strickland has been really open about what has led him in his opinion to be yeah. in this way. And I totally sympathize with that and like mm-hmm. empathize and sure. understand and I honestly really appreciate how open and honest he is. Yeah. I, I don't love the things that he says, but I actually, again, I'm, I'm not actually even saying that he shouldn't say that, but that the UFC should not allow that to go unfettered. Like that's that somebody should jump in and be like, Sean, you cannot say that you want to kill somebody in the cage. Like you cannot do that. And because nobody's having the conversation with him, like that's one of the big issues at some point internally, he is recognizing that the things he says are provocative and maybe not of the norm and and stuff, but that's just kind of part and parcel with what happened to him and how he's developed as a person. But at some point, like somebody has to grab the reins and be like, you can't just say all these things, dude, you're a top five middleweight. You might challenge for a world championship one day. You can't talk about wanting to kill somebody in the cage. That's extremely not okay because it's one thing to recognize that these things are bad or other or whatever. It's another thing to actually reckon with that and try to be better about it. And as far as I can tell, Sean Strickland has done none of of the latter. He's done the former. He's admitted these things aren't great, but he is not reckoning with this in a, in a meaningful way. And that just creates so much opportunity for this to go so sideways if something bad happens. Yeah. Remember when Frank Mir said that and lost his commentary job? Yeah, oh, how the like, times have changed. Yeah. We used to, they, were, they used to be fines and things like that. Have you ever heard of free speech? I mean, we don't, that's how free speech works. Yeah, we I'm, not on, I'm, not, I'm not jumping on. I'm not jumping on this. All, all I'm going to yeah, say I'm is when you <laughs> when you for a day de- when when your president 
when the president of your company for the last 10 years says, we want to be the greatest sport in the world, we want to be mentioned with the NFLs, the NBAs, Major League Baseballs, NHLs, et cetera, none of their athletes are saying things like this. And if they are, there's a statement out, there's a fine, there's a suspension, there's a code of conduct that you must adhere to. Otherwise, you are, you are punished for that. So it is what it is. Uh, there it's you go. Walk out network. So weird. Like I've been in, I've followed this sport for almost 20 years now. Dude, this never would have happened 15 years ago. Not because, never. you know, morals or whatever, but because they were terrified of that being the image that publicly was presented to the world, that human cockfighting. And now they just don't care. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so strange to see how that ball has moved. And, and let me let me add this. And and Jose mentioned it. Uh, I, I I guess uh, I understand why people think that whatever the I'm going to kill people comments is cool because they're cage fighters. Fine, and I think it's I, I'm not a fan of it. But I understand if you're kind of like that's borderline, and you're a fan, you're like ah whatever. It's just fight talk. If you're okay with what he's dumbass comments he's made about homosexuals, leave the chat. Leave the chat because you don't know what you're talking about. You're out of your element. It's his the stuff he said about uh, gay people is really ignorant. Uh, and that is in, completely indefensible, I think. So it's not a free speech issue. It's not a. It's not about oh, we're, we're hurt. Our, he hurt our feelings. It's like no, this is ignorant stuff that most people his age, I mean, figured out not to say and not to think like ten years ago when they were younger. So there's just no excuse for that kind of talk. So again, I'm not as rattled, I guess, by the I'm going to kill a guy in the cage. Talk. Again, I think that's stupid. But I'm like, I get it. It's at least fight related. But his other stuff that he, that he flies his mouth on about like again about gay people. Is really messed up and not acceptable at all. So, sorry guys, sorry if that hurts your feelings, homophobes. But uh, that's uh, no, we don't we don't like that stuff. Yeah. See, remember remember we did our prediction show. Ak, we got that question. Will Sean Strickland cross the line to the point buy or sell that the UFC will actually release some sort of statement about Sean Strickland? And we both sold that like immediately. I it's think the only way they were going to happen. I generally think the only way they release something is if he fights on an ESPN card and says something like this on ESPN. That's the other thing, though. Like, at some point, he's going to. He is going to, and he's going to beat somebody. You cannot put a mic in front, like a hot mic in front of that dude. There is no way in the world that any producer worth their salt would allow Joe Rogan to interview that man on national television with a hot mic. You cannot do it. That would be such an abdication of your freaking job. Like, I, I just don't understand any of the Sean Strickland stuff because it's pretty easy to, to manage, and they just have actively tried not to. Like, they, it, it boggles my mind. It truly boggles my mind. All right, let's, uh, let's see if we can get a couple more questions outside of this conversation. Try to end on a positive note. Do we have anything more? Yeah, one second. Do-do-do. Something not Strickland speak related. <laughs> ah, there we go. How about this? Max Holloway, backup fighter for UFC 273 is banana. So, I mean, it's not official. He's not officially the backup fighter, but he has been medically cleared to return to training, medically cleared to take a fight if he wants to. And he is throwing his name in the hat uh, to be a backup for that fight. Doesn't mean he is the backup, but he is going to prepare as if he's going to be the backup just like calvin cater is going to prepare to be the backup as well for that fight between volkanovsky and the korean zombie which is just crazy because we were talking about like how bad like how long he might be out this injury and if the ufc just waited like three weeks 
we would still have the rematch and just put it on this card so they move the damn fight back anyways so i mean we get to have our cake and eat it too we get a we get a korean zombie potential title fight a chance to win the belt and then we get max holloway waiting in the wings so i guess this is this is just a embarrassment of riches if anything but yeah drama at the weigh-ins if uh if holloway is the actual backup fighter that's for sure i don't want to i don't want to see max holloway weigh in and not fight that weight cut kills him <laughs> i don't want to see yeah. him needless like i don't I, I don't know how many he has left in him but i don't like say he has like six fights six weight cuts left to 145 i don't want to see him waste one and not fight it seems silly to i me, agree get paid get paid sir i agree with you I'd, i mean he's gonna get the winner anyways let Cater yeah. be the guy. Let Cater be the backup. If he wants to do it, let yeah, him be the like guy. That. Let him weigh in. Why the hell not? And then let Holloway just fight the winner. So, yeah, that was big news and uh, good for Max Holloway. I'm glad the injury wasn't as wasn't severe. Did we ever hear what the injury was? We do not know. Nah, no, it's still undisclosed. Yeah. Max Holloway, from my like interactions over the last two years, various like press conferences and so on, so on and so forth, no matter how minor the injury is, he doesn't mess around. Like he wants to, he's yeah, not going, he's not doing anything at 99%. So props to him. He doesn't even accept a fight until he's had like a brain scan after his fights. Like he won't even talk about it. So good on him. Yep. Good on him indeed. So really yeah, smart. there you go. Very smart. Max Holloway is uh, one of the good ones. Featherweight, great division. Should be a very fun year for the 145 pounders uh, in the UFC and beyond. So there you go. I think we have, uh, we've given this card enough uh enough time i think we've uh we've done a good service to ufc vegas 47 we'll it will continue talking about this card tomorrow 3 30 eastern for the people's pre-fight show the pre-fight q a join us here we'll answer all your questions we'll get ekc on here as well maybe he has an update on when he will be competing so we'll we'll get those answers answer all of your questions so we'll be back for the post-fight show ak and i will be back on sunday for on to the next one so it's regular ufc programming all over the place on this go home card for ufc 271 so for ak for jed for jose i am mike heck thank you to casey Lydon on the ones and twos thank you for watching and or listening we'll see you tomorrow everybody fight night 200 we made it (laughs) guys we made it you're listening to the vox media podcast network The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, Mom? No. <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.